Welcome to Sports, 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 the sovereign citizens of sports and culture. Coming to you from independent remote quarantine locations. With me tonight, my co-hosts, the exclamation point, the passionate one, Reed. Good evening. And the question mark, the man who cares nothing about sports, Rowdy. And in the middle of the period, my name is Snoop Gentleman. Episode 146. How are we? Well, I mean, Reed just yawned, so I guess pretty good. <laughs> IT. Uh, but, IT. you know, it's because, uh, first of all, I should say we apologize for the delay. Mm-hmm. If yes, we're tired, it's because we all decided we should take yesterday. Mm-hmm. Celebrate. Bobby, Bobby Bonilla Day. Happy Bobby Bonilla Day. And celebrate with our loved ones and do what you are supposed to do on Bobby Bonilla Day. Treat yourself. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm tired because I saved up a year's worth of beers to all drink on Bobby Bonilla Day. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, if you don't know what Bobby Bonilla Day, it is one of the high holidays here at Sports, Sports, Sports. Uh, we celebrate it every year on July 1st uh, when Bobby Bonilla gets a $1.1 million check from the New York Mets for not playing baseball. <laughs> <laughs> And he will continue figured it out. Yeah, the guy has figured it out. And he will continue to get these checks until 2035. <laughs> so we raise a cold one to you, Bobby Bonilla. Congratulations, sir. That's recession proof. <laughs> that is. <laughs> it wasn't so much for the Wilpons who worked out that deal because nope. because they had the uh, they were in on the, the Madoff scheme, the Madoff Ponzi scheme. Oh. So they thought, they thought this was a real good idea. Uh, turned out not to be because they thought they would just be earning 22% on their money every month for the next 35 years. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. So it didn't turn out so great for them, but for Bobby Bonilla, whom we celebrate, uh, who was year. a great player, also, but yeah. an even better businessman. Yeah, yeah, there is a um, pretty good like nine and a half minute. Uh, documentary, maybe 19 and a half minute. I don't know. I played it on halftime. Um, <laughs> of course. On 2X. Yeah. About his um, agent who brokered this deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's almost it's almost $1.2 million. And he's going to yeah, get 1.19, I think. He's going to get it until he's 72 years old. Winning now, he's so it started in 2000 until 2035. With I think the first 10 years were deferred. Now, he's not the only person to have a deferred contract. Ken Griffey Jr. gets 3.6 million dollars from the Reds until 2024. Uh, so from 2009 to, to 2024, Kevin Garnett retired in 2016 and he gets five million dollars a year until next season. And yeah, this is my favorite one, I think. Um, Darren Williams of the Brooklyn Nets, now Brooklyn Nets, uh, he gets $15,000 a day for five years. <laughs> Man, you couldn't spend that. That's just too much celebrating for me. But happy Darren Williams Day today, tomorrow, and then and the every day. Years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, here, here's another great one. Chris Davis, Chris with a C, Chris Davis. Uh, who uh, batted oh, a, one, yeah 180 last year gets 3.5 million dollars a year from 2023 to 2032 and then 1.4 million dollars a year from 2033 to 2037 from the Baltimore Orioles 
So that's a pretty good one. So, yeah, these guys are these guys are geniuses. Now the only guy who actually earned it, and I I will celebrate him whenever I get the chance, is Ichiro gets twenty five million dollars at five point five percent interest over uh, the next or until twenty thirty two. Oh yeah, yeah. That dude can do no wrong. Yeah. So, congratulations! Happy Bobby Bonilla Day. How did you guys celebrate Bobby Bonilla Day? Um, I had a couple khakis actually yesterday evening for Bobby Bonilla. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I yes, went to work. I run here. I did work. I also worked, but yes. And and every moment that you swung that hammer, were you thinking this is something Bobby Bonilla doesn't do? That's right. I thought, man, I'm cutting all these mats today, and I'm not going to make near $1.19 million. Man, I got to cut all these mats. They don't know it's Bobby Bonilla Day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It's a, great, it's a great holiday. Well, thanks for joining us. And again, sorry for being a day late. It was just um, too exciting of a day um, for us to, to be here working for you. Um, we, we took it off like Bobby Bonilla did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's get this thing started. Hey, Rowdy. Hey. How about some sports? How about some sports? Hey, guys. Yep. What if I told you? Here we go. <laughs> uh-huh. Covered a story that involves pro football, civil disobedience, uh-huh. polygamy. Okay. U.S. Treasury accounts, doomsday prepping, chemtrails, and the flat earth theory. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is one story? This is like a rowdy rainbow. <laughs> one story. <laughs> I, I, think, guys, I, found, I found this headline, I think, right after we finished recording last week and was like, hey, I'm putting this in the group text so that I don't forget this for next week. Uh-huh. It seems like there's, some, there's something here. I started <laughs> digging. There's some intrigue, if you will. Hey, I was, oh, my intrigue is high. My eye is high. Is uh, the, there 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 was a lot to uncover here. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna just set this up. All right. So remember back in the days pre-COVID, uh, we're gonna flash back to uh, four months ago. This is this is uh, December seventeenth, twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. So at a Christmas pageant in Green Bay, Wisconsin, that was being put on by Providence Academy, which is an evangelical Christian school. I wouldn't have guessed uh, that by the name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two, uh, two young men, uh, Jordan Salmi, age 24, and Ryan Desmith, age 22, uh, entered the pageant. Wait, wait, wait. They entered the pageant. Like, is this like... Like the theater in which the pageant was yeah, they, they weren't they weren't they, contestants in a pageant okay no, no gotcha. they came in and they set you know sat down and they uh were asked to leave by the headmaster ron young um and he uh they were both carrying concealed pistols uh and they refused to leave so when they refused young called the police uh they arrived and both Salmi and Desmith said they refused to leave, and they were then arrested. Um, now, this was kind of a like that's that's kind of a weird story, but it got weirder 
when we found out that a a former Green Bay Packer, uh, Kabir Gabaja Biamala, or KGB, I probably said that completely KGB, wrong. KGB, I never even put that together. Yeah. Oh, this is, uh... Okay, so KGB is in the parking lot. And he approaches as this arrest is happening, and the police basically say, uh, you need to leave. So he left. Um, now, it turned out uh, that... Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so just so I'm clear, because I'm sure this will come up later. So these two guys are being arrested mm-hmm. for not leaving the pageant. Yes. KGB shows up. The K, right. Not the KGB, but KGB. KGB, the football player. Former yeah, football player. Yep. Who played for the Packers for like nine yep. years. Yep. They, the, the police say to him, you need to leave. And he obliges. He obliges. Yes. I think they threatened him with arrest, and he was like, "Ah, okay." He was not yeah. detained. Right. Yes. Am so I being what, detained? What piqued, my, what piqued my interest about this story is that uh, it it came out that the reason these two men were in this Christmas pageant was they they were actually sent there uh, on the orders of KGB. And they were there to record video footage of three of uh, KGB's eight children uh, who were performing in that pageant. And he wanted the, f- the film footage because he said that they were performing in the pageant against his authority because Christmas goes against his religious beliefs. Mm. Uh, so he asked them to make come in and make this recording uh, so that he could use this as evidence in his uh, divorce proceedings with his ex-wife, uh, and or with his, I guess, uh, yeah, it was his, yeah, yeah, and also to be able to charge uh, Young, the headmaster, for unauthorized use of his, use of his property, by which he meant his children. Wow, this yeah. is good. So I was like, nope. okay, well, real this is real quickly yeah. just. Also, so so KGB was uh, was drafted in 2000 with the fifth round pick from the Green Bay Packers. He played his whole career with Green Bay. He's actually in the Green Bay Hall of Fame. He holds the record for most sacks uh, for career sacks for the Green Bay Packers. Wow, that's so pretty he, impressive. Yeah, so uh, yeah, especially when you consider somebody like Reggie White played exactly. his career with the Green Bay exactly. Packers. This isn't a scrub we're talking about. This is somebody who is okay. No, he, oh, he is far from a scrub. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was legit. Yeah. Um, so I thought, okay, this there seems to be more to this story. Like when we talk about these religious beliefs, the children being called property, the concealed so you, weapons. Like there is something more to this. So I thought. So you and just to make it clear, KGB, KGB is a black man, just to make it clear. Yeah. This, right. is, this is going to come up later, I think. Six foot four, 250 pound black man, according yeah. to, his, to his Wikipedia. So uh, you looked at this story at this point already. You had two armed men in a parochial school, right. private parochial school, and you said. Oh, evangelical. Oh, I'm sorry, evangelical. Yeah. And you said, there's more to see here. Right. So okay. I called up I our friend. I would have stopped. I would have been like, this is a lot. Yeah. So I, I called up our friend Corey Correspondent. And ah. Yes, I hoped you teamed up with Corey. You sent him to Green Bay? I sent him to Green Bay because yes, I don't want to catch COVID, so I'm not traveling. And yeah. Corey, Corey uh, believes Corey, it's a liberal conspiracy, so he can go. Before he gets on the line, I will say Corey's expendable. So 
Um, but okay, now that that's out, let me catch you. Corey, you there? Hey guys, Shabbat Shalom, my brethren. Uh, what's going on? It's been a long time. Yes. How are you guys Good to ask Corey. Yeah. Uh, Assalamu alaikum. Are you wearing, been... ma alaikum salam? Are you wearing your mask? What? Are you kidding me? Yeah. But are you at least in a safe location that's socially distant from others? Totally fine. Totally fine. Got and I've got this cheese head on. It looks so, like you're in a bar, Corey. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, why wouldn't I be? That's just Green Bay. It's a it's yeah. a party it's a party town. Yeah. Oh okay. man. So hey, what do you guys want to talk about? What do, what do, what do you have me on here Let's, for? Let, why don't you fill us in about KGB? Yeah. Oh, KGB. Okay. Well, um, did Rowdy already tell you guys about the uh, Christmas pageant? He did. Okay. Let's start from KGB leaving the parking lot under the order of the police. Okay. So uh, the the two the two men, uh, Salmi and Desmith, that Rowdy told you about, uh, when they appeared in court, they were charged with concealed uh, carrying a concealed weapon, uh, disorderly conduct, and obstructing police. Mm -hmm. Now, the weird thing was during these court proceedings, they would not identify themselves as anything but uh, I man like I comma man or state of man, hmm. they wouldn't acknowledge the authority of the court and they refused to sign uh, documents or enter pleas. Hmm. Uh, so one of them was actually kicked out of a bail hearing and the other one was uh, charged with contempt. Um, now, did you, did you, were you able to get your uh, hands on any of the court records as far as like the transcripts at all? Uh, I have, I have some of their signed statements their handwritten statements that they entered oh, wow. uh, so for example uh salmi one of his statements said let it be known this day for i man jordan thomas salmi i man am in the state of man now passed forthwith not a respondent nor defendant i see no benefits as said title i man speak only man to man and then he also said I, man, am an idiot before the court and am not part of legal society. I, man, only speak man to man, layman's terms only. What? Does this remind you of that episode of The Office where Kevin, remember that episode where Kevin took out all the unneeded words and just talked, I work, I go. That's, I mean, that's basically what, so that's what they're yeah. doing in, in, in a sense. Uh, so the, oh, what, what they're what they're doing is uh, they they are these are some of the hallmarks of sovereign citizens. So yes. you guys know what sovereign citizens are? I'm vaguely familiar. Yeah, I mean, I I've been on YouTube. If that's what you're asking. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. I mean, there's plenty of sovereign citizen content on YouTube for oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, I love it. it. I I just love watching the cops get real confused. <laughs> yeah. That's, okay. So that seems to be the strategy of the sovereign citizen. Is in, in in a lot of ways, yes, it is. It's a game in some ways. Um, so sovereign citizens, there's. All types of flavors of sovereign citizens, especially up here in Green Bay. Well, of course there would be because they're all sovereign, so they wouldn't right. exactly. they wouldn't adhere to anything that was less than the individual. Yes. At a certain this, point, this, this started with the uh, Posse Comitatus 
up yeah. in in uh in in the great Lion King? are you talking lion king right yeah. now asiku matatas what a wonderful thing <laughs> no worries for the rest of your days because you don't have to obey the, the federal government's laws right so, I'm uh, so essentially there's all kinds of there's all kinds of in Pumbaa were the original sovereign citizens did they have any worries could they go where they wanted to go <laughs> they did they did wow right. they did yeah <laughs> that's how we should all be living right? and they weren't rolling with the king no they oh wow yeah <laughs> <laughs> so sovereign citizens basically in a nutshell it's people who claim that they recognize no law but common law now this is based on uh overall there are two big beliefs so one of them is that within the united states we have two classes of citizens. One type of citizen is sovereign, or they also could be called de jure citizens or original citizens of the states. Now, the second class of citizens was created by the 14th Amendment. Now, these are federal or US citizens. Ah. So essentially, what, what they believe is that uh, after the Civil War, yeah. when the U.S. government was in the Reconstruction period and was uh, kind of rebuilding the government, uh, that these governments were, were built against the will of the citizens without the consent of the citizens. And so, as a result, they're not lawful. So basically, one of the keys of being a sovereign citizen is behavior that's based around ways of essentially renouncing this federal citizenship and reclaiming your common law sovereign citizen status. Now, hold on. So right. if, this was a, if this was an amendment, the 14th Amendment, I've, if I remember correctly, you have to pass an amendment with 75% of the... Two-thirds. I think two-thirds. Yeah, two yeah. So if that's the case, then it was the, it was the will of the people, right? You're asking too many questions. Sorry, well, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Rowdy, but when this kind of came to the fore in the 60s, 50s and 60s, this was a white supremacist That is true. To begin yeah. with. Largely, yeah, largely yeah. white supremacists. But now uh, I, 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 tell, I tell Snoop he's asking too many questions because what you're supposed to do to become a sovereign citizen is sit down and just watch hours of YouTube videos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, now, the, the, second, the second key... Uh, of uh, I guess the second common uh, uh, common aspect of sovereign citizens is there's a belief that when the federal government abandoned the gold standard in the 30s, oh here we go, substituted yeah. citizens as collateral for U the U.S.'s debts, which was in, in a sense secretly enslaving all U.S. citizens by pledging what? each citizen's future earnings uh, to foreign investors. So they believe that oh, each, uh, at, yeah. at, at, at birth, each, you got me. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, wait till you hear this. Each at birth, the U.S. Treasury sets up a secret Treasury account for each citizen when they are born, and a large sum of money is is placed in it. So some believe it's about six hundred thirty thousand, uh, some uh, up to millions. Um, and so essentially, because of this, you have two identities. This creates two identities. So you have your, your corporate shell account, which is your straw man, and you have your flesh and blood identity. 
And so if you notice, when you look at birth certificates, social security card, driver's licenses, taxes, everything, your name is written in all caps. And so that is to distinguish that they're talking about your straw man. And so as a sovereign citizen, sovereign citizen, and again, there's all kinds of varieties of sovereign citizens, but they'll tend to sign documents or even create their own documents in strange ways. So they'll use copyright symbols. They'll use strange, you know, colons or strange punctuations like these guys we were talking about there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they'll use red ink because they think that the red, you know, the red ink or use their thumbprints. It's in red. Uh, and basically mm-hmm. this is all to let the government know you're not dealing with my straw man. You're dealing with me, a man. And so. Oh, that's why they say a man. Yes. And so what, essentially what, what uh, the particular version of the sovereign citizens that KGB seems to be following is based on this guy named Carl Lentz. And so his, the root of his belief is the idea that I am a man and I've got rights. Now, he says only man has rights. So any public employees or, or officers, um, they don't have rights. They so have the office. So the office of that has no rights. Yeah, the officer, the, a police officer, for example, has no rights. They have duties, responsibilities, or obligations to uphold. I've heard this recently on a on a Twitter rant that's saying um, somebody said something similar where a crime can only be committed if there's a victim, and yeah. they went back and forth, and they said, "Well, you can't." Um, what was basically saying, like a municipality cannot be a victim. Mm-hmm. It yeah. has to be a person that is yep. the victim of a crime. So it's just it's because it's you passed a law that says I can't do X, Y, or Z, I can't keep jet fuel in my backyard because it's against an ordinance, well, there's right. no victim. So right. I'm right. not a crime. Exactly. Oh, that, they must have they must yeah. have loved Citizens United. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. And that's, oh that's, god, that's, yeah. that's where like all of so a sudden Hobby them, Lobby is like yeah. a person. Yeah. A man, Hobby Lobby. Yeah. <laughs> well, or for example, in this case, state of Wisconsin versus KGB or state of Wisconsin. Oh, it's like who is this individual state of Wisconsin? Yeah. Oh, yes, and you have to. Yeah, because you have to be able to face your accuser in yeah, court. I want to see data with I want to. I want them to appear man to man. But doesn't the doesn't the uh, line that all the prosecutors use negate that when they start out in court? They say, "I'm Joe Smith uh, here representing the people." Ah, that, I'm glad you said that because I don't, that's the, I don't know if I am glad you said that. Why <laughs> you you never want to you never want to refer to yourself as a person. Oh, you want a man. As a man, because a man. This this actually this is a uh, a thing that uh, KGB has stated. He said that being a person rather than a man is to accept the state's illegitimate authority. So that's why being a person in, in the legal sense, rather than a man, a flesh and blood man, is to accept the state's illegitimate authority. So they are saying, that's why they are saying when KGB, KGB in, uh, in his divorce proceedings wrote, I man, known as Muhammad Kabir Gabaya Biajawal, whatever his name is, 
am in a state of man now. And, uh, and, and the other one said, I am, I am in a state of man or I man, you know, whatever your name yeah, is. Yeah. So they're not the capital letter, uh, bank account. Person. Yeah. Oh, and so the capital letters, that's another interesting thing. So when they say I, it's always a lowercase I. And oh, yeah. so they're they doing this because, so this is, this is when you capitalize something, you are taking advantage of a situation, right? If you are capitalizing on something, you're taking advantage <laughs> in the literal form. <laughs> okay. And, you, and, and then we have also capitalism. And uh-huh. so according to Carl Lentz, who, like I said, is, is, I would, I would guess the likely origin of KGB's particular flavor of sovereign citizen, the capital I, he says, uh, it looks like a man, a dead body with their arms and legs spread out with no head. But the lowercase I, when you write the lowercase I in person, looks like a man with a head that's running and free to move. I love this so much. Yeah. Oh, and the word games, the word games. Oh yeah. This is the whole thing. The like semantics. this is, this is yeah. how they fight. This is how they fight the law Wait. or they, they attempt to, it's all, they essentially say that they, they fight against legally. So that's why when, uh, Selmy and bo- both Selmy and Desmith, when they were in court, they They're said, an idiot of the court, I'm an idiot. I'm yeah. not part of the legal society. Yeah. I am man only speak man to man layman's terms only so they so they first of all they're saying no we're going to speak in layman's terms and then yeah. and then they'll use the court's language against them so for example they'll say something like uh, for example the law so if you have a speeding ticket they'll say okay did i break a law and you get everyone you you get the judge you get everyone to say yes you broke a law and then you essentially say, okay, where, show me what that is. And they'll say, oh, it's this code. He's like, okay, well, you just told me that I broke a law when in actuality I broke a code. Uh-huh. Or, or if they say, uh, they, they say the word deny means not true. So, for example, if a judge says deny, do you say, okay, well, deny means not true. So are you calling me a liar? Do you have firsthand knowledge that I am lying about this? If so, you take the witness stand and tell me that this is not true. <laughs> uh, or, or like if a cop pulls you over and they say, you ask the cop, do you have the right? To, do you have the right to stop my car? And and no, you don't have a right because only a man can have rights. You have, you have a duty. I have the right to travel and you have the duty to stop me for speeding, but what trumps what rights or duties in our society? Uh, rights. <laughs> so they're, they're just playing these language games. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah. Quick question. Carl Lent, yeah. not the lead pastor of Hillsong. No. And <laughs> no. no, this is not Carl Lentz, Justin Bieber's pastor. This is, this is <laughs> Carl with a K. Uh, of course, who, of course. Who was a who was a a tall man that that looks like he crawled out of a garbage dump? Uh, actually, that's almost true because the way he started studying this was because he lost the, the 
courts took custody of his son who had Down syndrome. And he, for a while, said he was living in a shipping container uh, mm -hmm. so that all of his money could go to court fees. Uh, and so he realized that lawyers were letting him down. So he was like, I'm going to study the law. So mm. he claims that he's written like a never gone record. wrong, never gone wrong. And essentially, like if you guys were saying, like with sovereign citizens, like when you and, and this happened with these two guys that were arrested at the Christmas pageant, you like you go into court and you start spouting off all this stuff and, and you know, saying, you know, I'm not a part of legal society. I will only speak man to man, blah, 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 blah. Exactly. They're, they're finally just like, ah, I got to get to lunch. Like, yeah. OK. Can we just be done with this, please? Right. Um, so that so when sovereign citizens win something, it's usually just because they've annoyed or worn down uh, the legal system. There's, yeah, their strategy is erosion. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. Grandstanding. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so that so yeah, this national flag just says eventually. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And just filing, filing claim after claim after claim after claim after claim. Um, so KGB's actually said that um, this this uh, this idea that his children are property came from his research into this sovereign citizen stuff. So that's this, wild. yeah, um, and so that's why. So let's, get, let's get back to him. So let's okay, get back so KGB, to him. So let's so back to back to KGB when he was the reason he asked for that recording. Like I said, is because he claimed that this headmaster of this school, Ron Young, was. Uh, because he, his three of his children, uh, who he's not allowed to see anymore. He has eight children, seven boys, one girl. He's not allowed to see any of those children anymore. KGB is not. Uh, so he he believes that Ron Young, the headmaster of Providence Academy, by placing three of his children in this Christmas pageant, where it was unauthorized use of his property. Um, now, under a religious uh, argument too, right? Yes. Now let's get did, to the. Did they get, get repossessed? The I mean, if they're property, then the only way he couldn't have them is that they were repossessed. But he doesn't believe that. Oh well, not only not only financial institution could be uh, infringed upon, then there wouldn't even be a consideration of repossession. Yes. Have he, I gone too far? I, I, I don't. I don't. I know, thought man. you were on this train, and then I just saw you jump off. But. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He actually presented the headmaster with a bill for $150,000 for using property. That seems well. So that's the other thing. And and these guys who got their guns taken away, they they when they asked for, um, they they basically when they went to court, they said the only way that they would be uh, that they would uh, have the title, accept the title of defendant or respondent, was um, getting. Uh, basically getting paid, getting all their property back and being paid for the time that their property was being enjoyed by the uh, legal system. So they, uh, sent, they sent the Green Bay PD a, a bill for using, for withholding yeah. their guns? Yeah, $1,000 yeah, $1, a day for enjoying their guns. Yes. If uh, I had a nickel for every time I told somebody to enjoy my firearm, <laughs> yeah. I'd have no money. Hey, go and have a blast, Jimmy. Tear it up. <laughs> yeah. but, Let me so, shoot off a few rounds. Get back to you. Yeah, I'm the I'm the Uber of ammunition. <laughs> One question I had when I first got up to Green Bay was because I'm Corey right now. Right. Right. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> 
One question I had was the side of a great thespian. He reminds us yeah. of his character. Guys, I'm still in character. What, what was a former NFL player doing with two early 20, two white guys in their early 20s uh, with handguns? What, what, what happened here? And what are these religious beliefs uh, that, that cause this? Right. Uh, yeah. So, helpfully, should we take a should we take a break here and just like rapid fire a couple? Um, Go for it. Go for it. Rapid fire a couple uh, headlines and then we'll get back to this. Or we just yeah. want to? Oh, let's do it. Let's do rapid fire headlines. All right. All right. So then we'll get into a... the religious aspect. Let's let's take a break. All right, Rowdy, you're you're, you're back on. Okay. Everybody, thanks, every, thanks, Corey. Everybody, take a breath. <sighs> that was a lot to digest. Uh, Rowdy. You want to you want to shoot off these headlines real quick? All right. So, uh, Patriots scam. Oh, we got another scam in Foxborough. Okay. This yes. time, a man scam. Hi, <laughs> I man Cam Newton. Yeah, I man Cam Newton. Cam Heisman Trophy winner, uh, Super Bowl appearing MVP, former NFL MVP Cam Newton goes to the Patriots uh, yeah. after being released from Carolina during an injury, sat on the wire for quite a while, mm-hmm. and the Patriots, as they do, signed him for a paltry $7.5 million with a whole lot of incentives. No, no, no. Hold on. That's the max value of his contract is $7.5 million. That's the max with incentives? His, his value is... He, or he has he signed a contract for 1.05 million, uh, oh which is the minimum. Five hundred fifty thousand of that is guaranteed. Now he also gets a seven hundred thousand dollar per game roster bonus, up to five point seven five million dollars. So, or I'm sorry, so for sixteen games he would get, uh, what is I should have done the math beforehand. That's like one point two four. Two million dollars or something like like that, and then he gets an additional five can get an additional five point seven five million dollars in additional incentives for hitting other uh, statistical marks. I had those all wrong. His max value is seven point five million dollars. Jeez, man! Well, once again, even more beautiful on the Patriots' part if you're if you're looking at it from that in in terms of floor ceiling analysis. Uh, so, and let, let, let me just quickly remind our listeners that the Colts don't, signed don't, uh, don't. Rivers. Don't. Five and eleven last year, forty-one interception. Philip Rivers to a twenty-five million dollar one-year deal. That's correct. Twenty-five million dollars one year. This guy's getting seven, up to seven and a half million dollars. I don't even know if Philip Rivers has made the playoffs. No. Maybe once or twice. Tell you what he hasn't done. He didn't take a team almost uh, single-handedly. Didn't take a team to the Super Bowl like Cam Newton did. Nope. Yep. So it's uh. Or your yeah. boy Kaepernick. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. What What do you think is different um, about Cam Newton versus um, an injured Philip Rivers? Is what there is, anything that stands what is, out to you? Different between Cam Newton and an injured Philip Rivers? 
Philip Rivers was injured all last year. Cam Newton was also injured. Now I understand there there was a one of the things that kept Cam Newton from being signed earlier was COVID nineteen. Yeah. And the fact that teams could not go visit him and see if the shoulder and the foot that right were supposed to be bothering him was healed. But Philip Rivers was supposed to also be playing with an injured shoulder all last year. Somehow, miraculously, he was able to get $25 million out of the Colts. But Cam Newton only got $1 million. He's, he is the second highest paid uh, quarterback on the um, Patriots, Patriots right now. Right. Behind Brian Hoyer. Yeah. How? What? That's insane. He, yeah. I am very. The only thing I can think is it's the Jesus connection. Have you ever thought about the, the last three Colts coaches and now Reich were super religious? I think it's Ursay's atonement for his pill habit. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> I mean, uh, and Philip Rivers is by far the most religious quarterback in the NFL, wouldn't you say? I mean, overtly religious. Yeah. He doesn't curse. He has 10 children. He, like... Uh, but from how many women is the question? Well, allegedly one. Yes. But, yeah, I, I, that's my conspiracy with the Colts, that they get these really, really conservative, like... And even in their interviews and their team, team uh, speeches and stuff, they always have religious overtones. And I think that it's Jim Irsay's atonement. Yeah, I'm. I'm. This makes no sense to me. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I know yeah. Frank Reich has allegedly played with with Phil Rivers, Rivers. Coach with Phil Rivers, blah yeah. blah blah. But it's Cam Newton. I know. The ceiling Cam is very high. It's certainly higher than a forty-year-old uh, Phil Rivers. Can you imagine what Cam Newton could do with the number one offensive line in the league? Yeah. With the offensive weapons that are coming in, New England Patriots. They have still don't have any talent. No one. Yeah. DJ Moore is a way better uh, wide receiver than, than anybody. The Patriots have been trotting out there. Julian Edelman. Right. Old ass Julian Edelman. Yeah. So. Well, I will tell you what this has made me realize, and I may have already said this on the pod at one point. But I felt a strange sensation during the quarantine of my patriot hate waning. And I couldn't really figure out what was going on. And then I figured it out. It's Tom Brady. I hated Tom Brady more than I hated the Patriots. Michigan man, Tom Brady. Right. Tampa Tom. Yeah. Tampa. Tampa Bay. Mm -hmm. uh, and now that the Patriots have signed Cam Newton, that patriot hate is right back where it belongs. <laughs> Right. Through the roof. <laughs> Couldn't have been a better pickup for been. the Patriots for my hate. Yeah. The highest it's ever been. I mean, it's there. Yeah. yeah. I, right. uh, I'm excited. It's I'm excited. Too. I like Cam Newton. I'm a Cam Newton fan. I know fan. you do. I cannot like Cam Newton. I like Cam. I like Cecil. I like the whole Newton clan. Oh, I'm sure like you all do. Of and you all, know all that car he's been driving from Mississippi State since about 2008. That's what I was going to say. Here's the craziest part of his deal. He probably got more from Auburn than he got from 
Still no New doubt. England. No doubt. All right. All right. What else we got? Let's, All right. Let's next up, Ian Desmond will not play ball. He That's right. Not. Ian Desmond, outfielder, utility man for the uh, Colorado Rockies, put out a statement uh, a couple days ago uh, on Instagram. It was what, Read about 10 pages? Yeah. you. I mean, it was a lot of swipes. It was, it was a lot of swipes. Um, said he was not going to play baseball this year. Now, he is uh, he is a mixed race. He's, uh, his father is black and his mother is white. And he was going through some of his personal experiences playing baseball as a black man, uh, being one of only two black players for his team in uh, Florida, right? Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, or was it California? Now I can't remember. I was just about um, to say California sounds right. No, Cal- yeah, I think you are right. It is California. California, San Mateo. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's sunny there. And uh, he um, just, uh, it was an amazing, it was an amazing post. Kind of talked about him going back to his little league field and remembering his experiences coming up, uh, feeling isolated, uh, the things he's heard in the dugout in Little League in high school and then into uh, the pros. Mm. And said, you know, now more than ever, where I need to be is by my kids. He's got four kids and a fifth on the way. One on the way, yeah. He's not He's not going to play this year. So it was very powerful. Reed, I know you read it too. Yeah. We kind of chatted about it uh, before. What do you think of it? I thought it was real interesting, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it might make some other might convince some other players to start kind of thinking in the same way. I really liked it. I mean, I, I uh, in terms of uh, a baseball team, I like the Rockies a lot, so I've always liked Ian Desmond. But um, yeah, just the, his reflection on everything and thinking back about it, and then with COVID and everything, hey, why not? I'm more power to you. He's also given up about five million dollars this year, right? To not play. Um, so I think that he had signed a five-year, seventy million-dollar contract, and uh, is giving up his entire uh, uh, his entire salary to stay home with his kids and work on his uh, the ballpark that he grew up on, the yeah. Little League Diamond in Sarasota, Florida. Oh, so you guys were wrong. It was Florida. Yeah, um, it was. I I I considered talking or just reading this in its entirety to open the podcast because I thought it was so powerful. But yeah, um, uh, some of the things he went through, hearing, oh, well, I'll say one, hearing his uh, white teammates chant "white power" in the dugout before games. Yeah, uh, while him and his other, uh, the only other. Um, black player on the team stood in silence watching him do it um it's like kids have no well they're just ignorant yeah they're just ignorant. yeah yeah uh he finished it i'll i'll read the the last part the last paragraph um the COVID 19 pandemic has made this baseball season season one that is a risk I am not comfortable taking. By that, 
that, but that doesn't mean I'm leaving baseball behind for a year. I'll be right here at my old little league and I'm working with everyone involved to make sure we get Sarasota youth baseball back on track. It's what I can do in the scheme of so much. So I am with a pregnant wife and four young children who have lots of questions about what's going on in the world. Home is where I need to be right now. Home for my wife, Chelsea, home to help, home to guide, home to answer my older three boys' questions about coronavirus and civil rights in life, home to be their dad. So, yeah, pretty, pretty cool. Good. I think we should link to it and let people see what he yeah. said, but it's uh, pretty amazing. Uh, last part, he, he mentioned that a lot of the unwritten rules of baseball are white rules. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, he mentioned the racial disparities in baseball. It's like 9% black. 8% black, which yeah. Which is mind-blowing to think about. But when you, like, you know, I mean, it's a sport dominated by um, Islanders and South Americans, for one, but and Asians, too. Yeah, one African-American GM, two African-American managers, less than 8% black players, no black majority team owners. He mentions that. So Yeah. yeah. Pretty cool. Congrats. Pretty does. cool. I appreciate that. I appreciate him. You know, a lot of the NBA, or Kyrie Irvin mentioned this about not going back to the NBA, not, not letting the season start again because it takes the focus off of the work that needs to be done. Yeah. Uh, and there hasn't been any NBA players who said, I'm not going to go back um, for reasons other than my own personal health or well-being of my family. Right. And I think in a lot of ways, Ian Desmond is saying, I'm, I'm healthy, I'm fine, mm-hmm. but there's just a lot going on and a lot I've experienced as a black man in the sport, and I'm not going back. Yeah. And I think that's pretty cool. I hope but, it does create a wave of that kind of yeah. uh, almost a – uh, I mean, I guess boycotts are always kind of passive, but a, a much more less aggressive feeling kind of boycott. You know, it's just like, nah, we're not going to play. Yeah, there's too no, much else going on. This is the least important thing, right? I mean, isn't sports always the least important thing? There's a lot that revolves around sports, and I think those are the important things. Like, hey, can I answer that again? question? I mean, we've talked about this before, but like, it's it's a really weird dynamic that we've taken like the least important thing and created an entire infrastructure and economy around the least important thing that is very important. Everything that uh, uh, Rowdy, you would you would appreciate this, Uh, Corey. You can jump in if you know this too, but. What's that? What's that? Uh, that it, on Star Trek that that actually creates the hyperdrive. That lithium crystals. The lithium crystals, like the lithium crystals, are of no value. It's the feather in Dumbo. You know, sports are the feather in Dumbo. It doesn't make you fly, but we've created this entire uh, this entire environment around it that everybody, like people are living off of this. And I'm not talking about the athletes. I'm talking about the concession workers. I'm talking about the people who own businesses around the stadiums. All of these things just revolve around sports. They're the value. Oh yeah. Hey, this, 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 uh, (laughs) this, this reminds me, you guys want to talk about fiat currency? (laughs) <laughs> I do. Let's Absolutely, go. I do. Let's get into this. <laughs> I mean, this is this is going back to Ross Perot. 
Yeah. The problem is go. when we got off the gold standard. Uh, oh, real quick though, we got one more headline. Uh, oh, let's talk about the District of Columbia. What's going on there? Oh yeah, With it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. Yep. Hit it, FedEx you read about yeah. it. So the team in Washington has been given an ultimatum by not one, but two different um, entities, I guess you would say. Well, what the are they? KGB, the government, would be, uh, uh, what were they called, Rowdy? The capital letter people are the ones giving this, these orders. Yeah. Yeah. So Washington, D.C. has told the team in Washington, owned by Daniel Snyder, that if they want to purchase RFK Stadium and move from Maryland back into D.C., that they're going to have to change their name. Kaboom! And not only that, but the stadium sponsor for their current stadium, FedEx Field, FedEx. which is in Landover, Maryland, that they have made a request that the team change its nickname as well. The owner of FedEx is also a minority owner in the for the team in Washington, so he has a little more. He can, oh, he can apply a little more pressure. Yeah. Now, I, what I haven't heard is that FedEx is going to take their money or move away. But Rowdy, you had mentioned a few minutes before we went on air, Nike has also pulled all of the football team in Washington's yeah. uh, site. Yeah, so so basically, what led to that? No more was moccasins. FedEx, right. Nike, and PepsiCo each received letters signed by eighty-seven investment firms and shareholders, which was worth a combined six hundred twenty billion dollars. Asking those companies to sever their ties with uh, the team from Washington unless they change their name. Yep. So yeah, Nike took down all Redskins gear from their online store. All yeah. other teams were listed, uh, but yep. if you search for Redskins, the search brings up nothing at this point. Yep. Wow. So that what they want to do, right, and the, the team in Washington wants to move from Maryland back into D.C. proper. They're trying to purchase the 190 acres that is RFK Stadium, where they used to play. But part of this is, is that ultimatum from... DC saying you have to change your name or we're not selling mm -hmm. the land. So uh, Eleanor Holmes Norton from DC, uh, she is a the House of Representative representative from Washington DC, non-voting, non-voting, right? Representation without ta or taxation without representation, right? Um, said, I call upon Dan Snyder once again to face that reality since he does still desperately want to be in the nation's capital. He has got a problem and he can't get around it. And he particularly can't get around it today after the George Floyd killing. So they changed the name or you can't come back to Washington, which they have the right to do, apparently, because they if the federal government uh, owns the land, they can they can make those requirements. So. Well, and to, to no doubt week. they're given abatements all out the wazoo. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Well, we'll be watching the story closely. Oh, Corey, it's happening. This is Corey, exciting. Corey may be heading to our nation's capital. Uh, yeah, because we, we're going to need to make a poll of what the name's going to be. Right. <laughs> we call it either the potatoes, right, Rowdy? Right. Yep. Or the red, 
Red Wings. I heard that was an option. Yeah. All right. So that's what we got. Corey, are you still on the line? Hey, guys. Yeah. Uh, just, yep. Just been biding my time over here. Religion uh, time. So where okay. are we at? Okay. So jump back in. Yeah, we're asking where, what is, how, how is KGB uh, associated with these two men who are arrested at the Christmas pageant? Why does he have a problem with Christmas? And uh, and what led to this whole situation? So, uh, right back in Christmas, am I right? Well, you, <laughs> tired you, of my Starbucks cup saying happy holidays. Uh, you just took me to the next level, right, Corey? Uh, you hear me? You feel me? You know? In, Maga. Yeah. It, it's more like put the Yeshua Hamashiach back in Christmas, but oh, uh, so the yay. Basically, what ends up happening here is way back in Yahweh. Uh, <laughs> so KGB, what would Yahweh do? As I mentioned, KGB uh, has eight children, uh, and uh, his wife is sixteen years. Uh, in, he only has one wife. It, it, well, former cur- currently, twenty uh, seventeen, uh, she took the kids. And Corey, uh, is, that his, is that his future former wife? This is his. The, this is his former former wife, the so mother of mother of his eight, divorced? the mother of his eight children. They are divorced now. Okay. Um, so she took the kids away July of 2017, and KGB. Uh, the reason, helpfully, KGB has a YouTube channel, so he explained what led to helpfully uh, what, what led to all this. So essentially, KGB, he was raised Muslim. He became a Christian. Uh, during his, his career with the Packers, he spent a lot of that time actually going on speaking tours, speaking to churches about his faith. Uh, but uh, in 2017, thereabouts, he began to uh, do some digging and began to investigate the, the Sabbath and why is the Sabbath on Sunday? Should the Sabbath be on Sunday? Should it be on Saturday? Why? Do, and and also Saturday. Well, the last day the Lord rose on the first day, which is Sunday. So the Sabbath is Saturday. Okay. Uh, well, so you're you're on his wavelength, and also that's he settled. Let's move on. Started to look into the idea that the man should be the head or master of the household. And that uh, women uh, sh- should be subservient and should wear head coverings, uh, oh. especially when praying. Uh, he brought this up to his wife, and she did not agree. Uh, in the course of his research, he discovered the uh, Straightway Truth Group, which is based out of Lafayette, Tennessee, and started watching their YouTube channel. Now, this is a group that has a uh, like I think 50 acre property down in, down in Tennessee. Um, they, uh, have some interesting beliefs. So they, they do not consider themselves Hebrew Israelites or they, sorry, they do not consider themselves Christians. They consider themselves Hebrew Israelites. Now, a lot of the Hebrew Israelites that you might see on the street corner, these are, these often are people who are claiming that, what street uh, corner? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, see, you guys don't yeah, see Hebrew Israelites? Not in A-Town. Corey, 
Corey and Rowdy, I know they're on your street corner, but oh, no, for okay. the most part, they're not okay. on other street so, corners. So let me, let, me, let me back up a bit here. Please so, do. Again, like sovereign citizens. Run over this body. There's a, there's a wide variety of Hebrew Israelites, but uh, one of the core beliefs is that the biblical Israelites were black. Right. And some of them do not believe in Jesus or Yahshua HaMashiach, uh, Jesus the Messiah. Are these the guys that are on the circle outside of your office? Uh, yes, they are. Okay. They are. Uh, but I've Who seen, I've seen yeah, that, that, was, that was Rowdy. I was, I, I was looking at Rowdy when I said that. Yes, mm. this is Rowdy speaking now. <laughs> so, yes, I have seen that. So we have actually several Hebrew Israelite groups. So we have the, the Jesus was a black man. Hebrew Israelites, and we have the Hebrew Paul, Israelites who Paul don't Moody believe is their prophet. So they, the, so those two clash somewhat. Now, typically within Hebrew Israelite congregations, they uh, are are only black. Um, but the Straightway Truth Group in Tennessee, they believe that. Even though Israel started as black, it's now open to all people. If you have faith in Yahshua HaMashiach uh, and you keep his laws and commandments. So that means no pork. Uh, that means instead of pagan holidays like Easter and Christmas, they celebrate the biblical feasts like the uh, Bobby Bonilla Day. Yeah, like Bobby yeah. Bonilla Day, for example. Uh, <laughs> this particular group, they yeah, well, okay. that, yeah. Uh, they, they believe that the Sabbath or Shabbat is Saturday, not Sunday. Yes. Um, because Constantine changed it to Sunday because he worshiped the sun. Uh, they believe in uh, signs and wonders like healing. Uh, they believe that women were uh, created to be subservient to men and they should cover their heads, uh, not wear pants or makeup. Uh, they believe children should be homeschooled. Uh, homosexuality is an abomination. But having multiple wives is acceptable, but they don't call this polygamy. They call this polygyny. Now, that's not to say that, that many of them practice this. Polygyny. This is something that they say is biblical, but they will say, I will, I will, I will say the, the pastor, Charles Dow, has said uh, most men can't even handle themselves, let alone one wife. So they don't need to be trying to get multiple wives and preying on women. So Interesting. But... So this is like my uh, stance on the Second Amendment. Sure. Yeah. I would say it's it's similar. They also believe in that we're living in the last days. So that, that means that they're all about preparedness. So that means uh, preppers. You know, preppers, preppers, gun ownership, bug out bags, you name it, and okay. self-sufficiency. So they're living off the grid, growing their own crops, uh, so making making their own uh hand you know homemade products they're now i'm in pulling money this this fake fiat currency they're pulling out of the banks and and buying gold and silver um and they also believe that the earth is flat and that uh vaccines chemtrails and processed food are uh being used to uh eliminate the god gene in humans hey man i love this yeah that too <laughs> is that a thing uh, there, well i'm gonna uh, have to research that not, I've never not heard of you that. it's not in you Reed, no you i know that i know that's right from pastor charles um oh, god gene so 
uh, KGB starts investigating this, checking out their YouTube channel. He thinks, huh, this seems, this seems pretty great. It's legit as hell. His wife did not agree. Uh, KGB was trying to convince her to go to Tennessee to visit the straightway group. Um, what a name. She did not want to do that. And so during this course of time that he's talking to the pastor down in Tennessee, she leaves with the eight kids. And so KGB went anyway. He uh, accepted their teachings. And now his 18-acre uh, property in uh, Wisconsin with a 30,000-square-foot mansion uh, that he built for his large family is now Straightway Praise Land, which is a Wisconsin branch of Straightway Truth. Uh, so he wow. has uh, multiple, load. multiple people, including these two young men who were arrested at the Christmas pageant, uh, I believe living on his property. Uh, they, they eat together. They uh, live stream uh, broadcasts from the, the church down in Tennessee. Uh, so yeah, they are, uh, they're all in and, uh, here's, here's where I'm going. So I'm, I'm going to go back to this because I don't understand it. If he believes that, that the Green Bay police department holds no authority because they're instituting, they have a duty, not a right. And they're, they're, um, impressing upon that with codes, not laws. Why would he back down from a confrontation with them trying to get his two friends who he had go to this pageant? Well, so he told, so he, he explained that the... Him man uh, or just him? KG, KGB. KGB. Okay. Uh, I'm KGB. Man. KGB. Uh, <laughs> like a myth. Yes. Yeah, he said that these, two, these two men who he referred to as his brothers, he's like, these guys, these guys would have these guys would have taken a bullet for me. So he said he essentially said they were not going to cooperate with the police. They take a bullet for me, but I'm going to walk away. So, so he so said he, absolutely. He, he said he basically said that he would when he was there, he was trying to get them to comply with the officers. So he was saying they were going to keep resisting. And I said, okay. You just comply, and we'll get you bailed out. So he, so essentially, and this is kind of that, uh, that their money. Carl Car, Lentz, his whole thing is like, he's like, if I get pulled, this this is Carl Lentz talking, the uh, the guy who kind of is KGB's brand of sovereign citizen, apparently. Mm-hmm. He says that if he gets pulled over, mm-hmm. while he could say things like, do you have the right to pull me over, all of those things, he's like, I don't. Reed, Reed is just. He's like he's yeah. like I, I fully cooperate. Unprincipled. He's like I fully I fully cooperate. I let them write their ticket, and he's like I just do it all in paperwork. So he's like that's uh, so that's essentially his thing is like and that's why his opinion is his weapon. And so that's why when these guys go to court, in they they come in with their handwritten notes and statements uh because they're trying to play these word games and it's a lot easier to, for them to play those word games on paper than it is in person so i would say like their particular brand of sovereign citizen they're not necessarily looking to have these confrontations with the police uh but 
But they didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on them. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I still think it's incredible that a black man got two white guys in a historically white supremacist kind of operation to be there, be his heavy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, man. Yes. Oh, everything about this, like, Are we about to yeah. get real? Yeah, we're about when to get you real. Have, when, when, we have, when we have black sovereign citizens and we have a Hebrew Israelite yeah. uh, organization that is, that is made up of, I mean, people from all over the world of all nationalities. Uh, it's, it, this is an, this is a, uh, this is an interesting, interesting group. Yeah. Uh, now one additional twist to this whole story that I discovered how, is how could there possibly, <laughs> okay. So this is a Twizzler of a story. This is a melted Twizzler of a story. <laughs> this is a pack of melted Twizzler of a story. <laughs> I'm in no twist. I'm in Corey correspondent. Okay. Uh, okay. State, I'm state, muting myself in the state of man now passed forth with, uh, am offering the hosts of sports, 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 the opportunity to join the most high restoration of the oh, earth. Uh, I'm asked, I'm saying you have the opportunity to circumcise your hearts and become the masters of your own households. Circumcise your heart. Um, How- in the Hoosier state. Oh, is there a chapter in Indiana? There is an Indiana chapter. Uh, where might this be located? Straightway truth. Now, this chapter is located. We're sending you, Corey. Corey, this, you're this going. Chapter, this chapter is located in Goshen, Indiana. Oh, oh. Wow. interesting. And guess who? Guess who the elder is uh, leading the Goshen chapter of Straightway Truth? Well, I know who it's going to be. Corey correspondent. Oh no! Oh no! It's a coup. Uh, it's Daniel Muir, who is nose tackle for the pa- the Packers and the Colts, among other teams. No way. Daniel Muir. Yeah. You heard of this guy? Yeah. Okay, so he... Goshen kind of makes sense, though, because it's Mennonite, Amish. Like, they're more tolerant of these, like, uh, um, anti-status quo type of cultures. Yeah. Wait a minute. So KGB was able to recruit another agent. Yes, a nose tackle. The Not end. only that, there seems, seems third, to be a, this seems to be a defensive trend. There's a, there's a yeah. third NFL player. So there's a conversation between KGB and Daniel Muir, uh, where there where KGB was like, okay, and then when you were at the Colts, you won the Super Bowl, right? And he's like, no, we didn't win the Super Bowl, and he's like. Oh, that was the that was our other that was the other one, and he's like, "Don't feel bad because I never I never even got to the championship." So we've got KGB, so 2010 New Orleans Saint have a Super Bowl winner, New Orleans Saint. Wait, we, we can we can deduce who this is. Wait, you think that there's a third one that's there, unnamed? No, there yeah, is a the for sure is a is a third. Uh, who who is a Super Bowl champion? Drew I'm not Brees. sure who this is yet. Drew Brees, but yeah, so yeah, no, for sure. So uh, Daniel Mirror, the way he found out about Straightway Truth was 
he was, you know, he was friends. He was, he was a Packer and he was friends with KGB and KGB was talking about, you know, joining this group and Daniel Muir, Muir, uh, his dad was a pastor and he grew up in the church. And so he was like, Hey, you know, I've got questions. I want to, you know, just kind of see, you know, what, what this is all about, like, make sure you're not getting into any kind of cult or anything weird. So he started looking into it and, you know, before you know it, like he's now, uh, he's now a member. Um, and, and he says that he felt like he was pimped by Christianity. So he said as a, uh, as a, as an athlete, he kind of had a similar path as KGB where he was a Christian athlete he would go on these speaking tours, making a decent amount of money going and speaking at churches. Um, and he felt like he was being used uh, not to actually spread the gospel, but he felt like he was being used as bait to draw people to these churches. And he said that he was even told at times, you know, we, we've got a lot of people here who, who don't go to church. So just, you know, don't talk about the Bible too much. And so as he starts to look into the teachings of straightway, He's like, okay, like these people are actually taking this seriously. And so he's now, uh, he's now a member. So he has his straightway community up in Goshen, has multiple people, uh, multiple families living at his house, uh, his property. And this is a key in all of these places. They try to, they try to own property and kind of live off the grid and be as self-sufficient as they, as they can. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I'm not sure how this is going to work for KGB because of the video I watched of his garden tour uh, the guy who he who uh, was, I guess, his expert gardener, he was asking him what these different plants were. And he's like, well, this is, uh, let me look at this. And he looked at the little plastic tag and he's like, oregano. Oh. <laughs> and they were just kind of building, they just kind of built raised beds in like random places all over his property. So, um, so a couple questions. First off, not a question. Dan Muir according to his Wikipedia, hosted a Christmas dinner for homeless huh? teens with yeah. Outreach Inc. That was in 2010. So uh-huh. yeah, more recent. Yeah. Christmas- so KGB's only been in this since 2017. So this is all recent. Mm. Oh, wow. Okay. He also allegedly still lives in Indianapolis. Second. So what's the, what's the, um, what's the latest with uh, KGB and the law? Okay, so well, sticking it in him. KGB, uh, still the, ransom notes. The guys, uh, the guys who went to the Christmas pageant, their charges of disorderly contact or disorderly conduct and obstructing police uh, were dismissed. Uh, they ought to be. Both Selmy and Desmith were uh, ordered to spend a year on probation. They are supposed to write letters of apology to the Green Bay Police Hilarious. and. The headmaster of the school, Ron Young, and the Providence Academy. They are supposed to possess no firearms uh, for this year. Uh, and if they stick to this and successfully complete their probation, their records will be expunged. Uh, KGB, meanwhile, uh, he... They're not, all, they're not even... Are they I-Man records? Hmm? That's a good point. Are they I-Man, are they I-Man records? Like, how can they have records? What records? Have do records. they even allow? Like, we all have records. That record, we, yeah. we're all, but are they, all are they people? So the record belongs to their their capital their versions of themselves. Their straw men. So they're, they're uppercase records. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. You can't, you can't touch them as men, as man. 
Um, now, KGB, meanwhile, has not fared as well. Uh, he, uh -oh. in, uh, on March 17th of this year, he appeared in the uh, circuit court in Green Bay to uh, sign a document in his divorce case. And mm -hmm. uh, he was tased uh, <laughs> when he refused to. Uh, oh. Now, now this. so this he's signing these divorce papers in December, or sorry, in March of 2020, March 17th, 2020, on September first oh, of day. on September first of 2019, before the Christmas pageant, before all this, KGB married a sister in the Straightway Truth group. So he is okay. he is currently remarried, uh, but when he appeared, he became uh, a master. Yeah. So when he appeared in the circuit court to sign a document for his divorce case, which he had agreed to sign beforehand, uh, he refused to sign and said that the court had no jurisdiction over him. He quoted the Old Testament. He said, uh, "I'm not a citizen of the republic. I have my own laws, which are superior." And the, the judge is like, "Look." <laughs> <laughs> I now you read you were asking about principles. I mean, this is a principle at this point. This yeah, is like he's standing up now. He's like, no, no, no. So the judge, the judge is like, look. I'm out of order. This whole court's out of order. <laughs> yeah. You Did you order the code red? Colonel Jasper. You agreed to sign this document. <laughs> and he's like, I do not want to sentence you to six months in jail for refusing to sign. We are in the middle of a pandemic. You are putting me in a bad spot. I do not want to put you in jail. Please just sign the document. Mm -hmm. And he still refused. Uh, he said he did not consent. So finally, the judge was like, all right, all right, you're sentenced to six months in county jail. So the judge leaves the room, and we've got then apparently 10 sheriff's deputies that surround him, try to talk him into complying. Mm -hmm. He won't. Uh, right. So they tase him. <laughs> They handcuff him and they strap him to a chair and charge him with resisting arrest. Yeah, uh, so eventually he agrees to sign the document. So he was freed from the contempt charge, but he was still taken to jail for the afternoon uh, for resisting. Uh, wow. Yeah. So Jeez. I'm out of order. You're out of order. This whole court's out of order. But if Man. you. Uh, if you want to see the latest, though, with KGB, you can always check out uh, Straightway, S-T-R-A-I-T-W-A-Y, Praise Land. Um, or you can check out Straightway Truth, which is the, the home uh, organization in Tennessee. I think I'm busy that day. <laughs> <laughs> like every Saturday? Oh, yeah. I'm going to look at it. Yeah. Dude, it's, uh, it's wild. Oh, yeah. I yeah. love that kind of stuff, it is the, that insane religious stuff. It's wild. I just, yeah. Okay, so KGB's in jail or spent at least an just afternoon. An just an afternoon. Yeah. Could have been six months. Just an afternoon. I don't know how ripped I'd get in just an afternoon. I really feel like if I want to put up any any sort of real weight, I need no. to be KGB's already ripped. That's true. One interesting wrinkle to this, this whole thing so Ron Young, the guy who was the headmaster of the school, mm -hmm. he actually hosted mm. Pastor Dow of Straightway Truth at their church. Sure. And they had a debate. He and Dow had a debate up in Wisconsin 
about is is celebrating Christmas biblical. And yeah. so he we had the Christian perspective and the Hebrew Israelite perspective. And according to KGB, the only reason that Ron Young has this job as the headmaster of this school is because KGB fought for him to be in that position. So KGB is like, I put my kids in this school, this Christian school. I used a lot of my money to fundraise for this. I, I, I paid a lot to, for this school, spent a lot of my time fundraising for this school. I got this guy this job, and now he is turning my family against me and using my property in a way that I do not want him to use it. So, so, so I he, feels, he feels not only betrayed by his wife, he feels betrayed by this headmaster of the school. And the headmaster knew the two guys uh, who were arrested. Like, he knew who they were when they came in. That's why he asked them to leave. And that's why he could tell the cops, hey, these guys are going to be armed, because he knew who they were. But Wild. So I kind of feel like if you send two armed men to a Christmas pageant... To just creepily you... film the children... To just creepily film the children, the headmaster doesn't need to turn the children against you. Oh, yeah. You're kind of doing that yeah. yourself. Yes. Yeah. Also, the headmaster, he's on his property, right? So doesn't he legally, can't he say, hey, I'm a sovereign citizen? Is he on his <laughs> property? Then? I don't know. I, KGB would probably tell you that he paid he paid for that property. I don't know, but so it yeah. is. Nobody owns the school. It's God's school. And that's uh, the truth. That's mm -hmm. wild. I'm gonna look more into this, uh, Corey. Well, uh, Corey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a crazy story. So to recap, two white men who are part of a. Hebrew uh, Israelite, uh, which is mostly a uh, traditionally a, a black or African American yes. organization. Well, it's not an organization. It's like sovereign citizens. It's like Relief. you can be a Hebrew yeah. Israelite, but what flavor of Hebrew Israelite? You can right. be a yeah. But traditionally, it's yeah. Most Hebrew Israelites you will see are black. Are black, and most sovereign citizens are white. And it was started by a white supremacist. Yes. As yep. a white supremacist ideology. Okay. I thought you were about to say, as a white supremacist, I can confirm this. Yes, I know. I, that's, what I, that's what I thought, too. I was like, this is... Where are we going with this? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, things got real weird. Yeah. Um, so we're at this weird intersection. So these two guys in this weird position go to a school, strapped, mm. get arrested... And then uh, get it thrown out because they're just being obtuse. Right. But then they're, the person who uh, got them to go to the school then gets tased in court because he was also obtuse. He wouldn't sign divorce papers, yeah, in quote of the Old Testament. Yeah. Okay. But the two guys who are white got off, but the two, one guy who was black got tased. Oh, they spent time in jail too. Okay. Yeah, and and were held in contempt and all that. So and there's yeah. multiple and there's multiple um, compounds. Yes. Run by former NFL players. 
Yes. We have three. We have we have at least three former NFL players in this organization. Yeah. Okay. Corey, I wish you were re real, and I wish we had a budget, and I wish we could <laughs> infiltrate, embed you in this. This oh, is no, I've already, I've already been. Uh, yeah, uh, you're the Corey war correspondent. I've already been incorporating this into my family. Uh, <laughs> Corey war. Yeah, my 13 children. Uh, I've asked them to start calling me sir. Uh, yeah. I've asked Wear my wife to start calling me master, and I've asked my female uh, children and my wife to start wearing head coverings. And I got to say, it's not going well. I was going to ask. <laughs> I was going to ask how that was going. I think I'm going to have to get a gun. Wow. You don't already have one? Oh, that's unrelated to the family comments. Mm. That was just also. These are two separate, <laughs> two separate <laughs> conversations. <laughs> this has been going well. Also, I need a gun. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, Corey, uh, sorry to tell you, but you got to pack your bags and head to DC. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Thank you, Corey. Wow, that was that was a trip. That's it. We did. Corey got deep. Yeah, we did sports. As always, I want to thank the Minister of Sound, Mikey, Jet Belly Music, the Commissioner Brandon Casburn. Food editor Dennis Chu and the honorary ball boy this week is. There's no questions. Bobby Bonilla. Bobby Bonilla. It's your big day, Bobby. What do you think he buys? Cast a check, sir. Do you think, uh, you know, so if I were a more entrepreneurial man, I would find Bobby Bonilla's current address and then set up uh, a fireworks stand right outside of his driveway. <laughs> yeah. July 1st. Yep. And be like, hello, yeah, like Bobby Lemonade stand, maybe hawk some pies. Yeah. Maybe get a grill out there and just, well, Bobby, let's do this. Let's do this. Yeah. yeah. July 1st, I hear it's your day. <laughs> yeah. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or email us at sportsportsportspot at gmail.com with any questions, headlines, or topics you want to discuss. And don't forget to rate us and subscribe. New episodes will be there every Thursday where we will ask. How about some sports? How about it? Shalom. <laughs> yeah.